You're listening to the Living Word Church Podcast. To learn more about Living Word Church and our service times, visit us online at livingwordli.org. Today's message comes from our lead pastor, Doug Jansen. Excited about talking about our supernatural God. So I said last week that my buddy Roy was helping me kind of make our backyard from a, a marsh into usable space. And so one of the things we had to do was plant some grass. And so as we're planting all the grass, he says, you know, this isn't all going to grow in in one shot. There's going to be patches. You're going to have to do some work to kind of fill in the patches. And so I said, well, what do I do? He said, Doug, you need to go to Home Depot and get yourself a garden weasel. Okay. And so what you do with the garden weasel is you go ahead and kind of just roll this over the dirt and and it breaks up any dirt that got hard since you last planted, and it makes it able to receive the seed, and so you throw the seed down in there. And so I got going on this, and it was working really well. I was like, this is incredible. This is great, just what I needed. And I went inside, got a drink, came back out like an hour later, and it got so much harder. I was like, I don't know if I'm getting tired. I'm old now. I don't know. Like, what's happening here? This is so much harder than it was just like an hour ago. And then the next day I came back out and it was easy again. And I'm like, what's happening? And then I realized it's all about which way you hold the stupid garden weasel. If you're going this way, it's one way. And this way, it's another. And it changed everything. So it turns out I was the garden weasel at the end of the day, right? It's so simple, isn't it? And don't you wish this is how all of life's problems worked out? Like you just, you have a problem this way, just flip it. and You'll be good. You know, like I wish that's how life works. But so often we have bigger problems than that, don't we? And I said last week that we have a supernatural God who wants us to bring him those issues, those struggles, those problems, and that we have to be encouraged because we have a God who goes ahead and changes hearts, doesn't he, as we saw in Ezra last week. We saw that we have a God who provides, a God who brings a time of release. Maybe it's healing that you need, or maybe it's uh, an addiction, or it's some time of a long season of suffering. You just need a time of release, and God does that. We have a God who brings protection, and a God who restores, and so this supernatural God does all these incredible things. And so I hope this past week you were bringing him some of those needs that you might have in your life. But today, I want us to kind of turn a corner, okay? Because the truth is, we have a God who heals and restores and provides and does all these kinds of things. But I don't want us to forget a few things. I don't want us to forget, number one, how badly we need this God. It's not just like, oh, what an awesome thing. We have a supernatural God. And if I need him, I'm going to reach out to him. Can I just tell you today, you need him. You need him. It's not like if I need him or when I need him. No, you need him. I think about the fact that we so often try to kind of take God's place, don't we, and handle our own stuff. This past week, I was encouraged by a devotional. One of my good friends from high school, his mom writes Kelly and I a devotional every single day. It's the stuff she learned in her time as she read the scriptures, and she writes it out, handwritten, and then she sends us a picture of it, and it's incredible. It's a, it's, I look forward to it every day. It's so powerful, and, and she wrote something this past week that I wanted to share, and I asked her if I could share with you, and it's written from the perspective of God, and here's what she wrote. So will you trust me? I see what is happening, and I still have good plans for you. So put your plans in my loving hands and let me be God. And this last sentence stood out to me. You cannot take my position no matter how hard you try. I think we love to try to take God's position, don't we? We forget how much we need him, how dependent on him we are. 
You know, think about the babies. We have a ton of babies in this church. It's awesome. I love all the kids in this church. It's, it's wonderful how many, you know, that's that next generation coming up. Love it, love it, love it. But I think about little babies and how dependent they are on us as parents for everything. When I see you guys walk in with like little newborns, I'm just blown away because I got three big kids now. And, and it's amazing to remember how little they were and how much every little thing had to be cared for. When Kelly and I first brought our firstborn son, Cade, home, he was asleep in his bassinet in the other room, and, and my wife and, and my parents are in the other room, in the dining room, we're just talking softly, we don't want to wake poor, like, four-day-old Cade up, you know, and he's doing his thing there, just sleeping, and we're all dialed in <clears throat> to the conversation, and all of a sudden, Cade just made this one little noise, it was just like, you know, like one little cute little baby noise. And Kelly and I jumped up from the table, and went running in there like, what can we do, son? You know, like we are here for you. Like you're so dependent on us. Every little thing he needed, he had to come to us for. Do you know that you are that dependent on God when it comes to the real stuff, when it comes to all that we have need of, man, we so badly need God. I want to remind you today how much you need this supernatural God in your life. I also want to remind you today that Sometimes we lose our hunger for God, don't we? Sometimes our hunger for God dries up and shrinks up our appetite to get close to God, to know God, to be near God. Maybe you're new to all this today, and I just want to encourage you, if it sounds weird for me to say that we're hungry for God, it just means that there's a desire in us to know him and be close to him. But sometimes that shrinks up. When I was in the hospital several years ago and I was doing really badly, Swati, who I believe is sitting back in the corner of the room over there, was one of the people caring for me in, in Stony Brook. And she would bring me Panera soup. She just wanted me to eat. And I was getting thinner and thinner, which is no longer an issue for me, but I was getting thinner and thinner. And so she would bring me Panera. And she'll tell you, I got about three or four spoonfuls in and I just couldn't eat anymore. I just, I, my hunger just shrunk up. My appetite shrunk up. Uh, fast forward to I come off the vent. It's a little bit later. And Keith, another one of our amazing people here at church, would bring me dinner. And, and one day he texts me and he goes, hey, what do you want? And, and I just said, I, get me a medium fry from Wendy's. He's like, yeah, and? And I don't know, that's it. Like, that's all I had in me. And he brought it and I ate about half of it and I was full. I didn't have the same hunger I used to have. Maybe you're here today and your hunger for God has just kind of shrunk up. One last thing I want to address today. Some of us are so caught up in the supernatural miracle that we're missing the supernatural God. Like we want the thing so badly that we're missing him. So I'll tell you today that he's better than the thing, okay? The thing's important. The fact that God is a provider and a healer and all that, that's great. He wants us to come to him, but don't miss him. Like if you get the thing, but you miss God, you're missing the best part. It's like, uh, you know, going to see an, uh, an opening band at a concert and not staying for the main act who's way better. It's like going to batting practice at City Field or Yankee Stadium and not staying for the game. It's like opening a bag of chocolate and just smelling it, right? It's like going to the beach early in the morning to see a sunrise and you feel the sun on your skin, but you never open your eyes. You're missing the best part. And so today, I think some of us might say, hey, I, I kind of forgot how dependent on God I am. I kind of have lost that hunger for him. Or, man, I've been chasing something he can give me, but I'm not really following him. And so today, I want us to be inspired by somebody who knew how dependent he was on God, who hungered for God, and who was chasing God himself, not just the stuff God could give him. If you're not a follower of Jesus here today, you're going to see that a relationship with God is possible 
and what it took to make that relationship possible. So let me give you some backstory. God rescues Egypt. Yeah, he rescued all of Egypt. Isn't that incredible? He rescued his people out of Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years. God rescues them. He parts the sea. He guides them through the desert. He provides food for them and drink for them. He loves on them and does all these incredible things. And then Moses goes up the mountain to talk with God. And while he's there, the people go crazy. The people lose their minds. The people start to worship idols made from the jewelry that they had just had in their ears and around their necks. And it says here in Exodus 32, 2, Aaron answered, then take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. Okay, this just shows us how sometimes our sin makes us incredibly irrational, right? The earrings are the gods that brought you up out of Egypt. Everybody say, what? what? Oh, you guys nailed that. Like, like, just be one of the Israelites for a second. Like, be men in the room. Can we just be one of the Israelite guys in the crowd that day? Like, like wait, Aaron, that earring, I, I, I bought that for my wife, man. And and now you're saying, that's my God? That's the God that brought me up out of you? And and then somehow they turn the corner to a rational thought of, yeah, I I guess that earring was the God that brought me up out of Egypt. Man, thank God for that earring, right? Thank God I bought that for her because I thought we were in some trouble there for a while when the Egyptians had us up against the Red Sea. But man, that earring just kind of went for it and split that water. That was amazing. And then it kept the water up just the perfect amount of time so we could walk through on dry ground. And then that earring in all of its wisdom waited for us to be on the other side to come crashing back down on our enemies. Thank God I got her the earrings and didn't go with the chocolate and the roses because I don't think they could have pulled it off, right? Like irrational. Everyone look at me real quick. Okay, this is not the point of the message today, but some of you are in church this morning so that you will realize your sin making you really irrational. You're seeing things really skewed. So much so that I want to pause for a second and I want us to close our eyes and I want to pray. And I want to say, Lord, for any of us, myself included, if our sin is making us irrational, if it's causing us to be unreasonable and not see with clarity, God, would you open our eyes, and would you mercifully draw us back to you? Amen. Well, the Israelites kind of had lost their minds worshiping the jewelry. Not only that, they whined, they complained, they got into all kinds of sin and rebelled against God. So even though the people have been a mess, God is still merciful. Everybody say, God is merciful. Everybody say, God is gracious. Everybody say, even when I'm a mess? Yes, because we see here that God says, okay, there's going to be a time of discipline, but here's what's going to happen. I was going to go with you guys to the promised land, but you guys can go, but I'm staying. Okay, you, you guys can go without me. And you guys can go ahead to the same, that's how merciful God is. He didn't annihilate them. He didn't take the land from them. He says, no, you guys still go to the land, but I'm just not going to go with you. 
And he then says, I'll send an angel ahead of you to drive out all of your enemies to get everyone out of your way. So I'm going to get the Canaanites and the Amorites and the Jebusites and the Termites. I'm going to get them all out of the way there, right? And the people hear this and mourn, and they're going, wait, God, we want you to go with us. So Moses goes to talk with them about it. And here's what it says in verse 12, Exodus 33, 12. Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said... I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember this nation is your people. Moses is going, God, all of the stuff that has gone right about Operation Let My People Go is you. Like, God, you remember who I was when you found me, right? I was that stuttering spineless person who was not ready to go do this. And thank God Aaron came because Aaron gave me a little bit of confidence. But God, if I remember correctly, it wasn't Aaron or I that split that sea. And it definitely wasn't the jewelry. God, if I remember correctly, I wasn't the one that made manna fall from heaven or water come out of the rock. In fact, we're going to have a little issue with the whole rock water thing here, Moses, right? Like there's a whole lot, God, that happened, but I'm sure that that was you and that was not me. And there's this desire and this dependency and this chasing of God inside of Moses that is vital for every single one of us. So let me ask you. Are you dependent on God? Like you are, I'm telling you, you are, but do you live like it? Do I live like it? Is there a hunger, a renewed hunger in our heart, or are we just like coasting on yesterday's meals, so to speak? Has our hunger, appetite shrunk up? Have we chased the miracle and not pursued God himself? It goes on in verse 14. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Now, one of the things that I don't enjoy in life, one of my pet peeves is when someone asks me a question after I already gave them the answer. You know what I mean? Like, it kind of feels like God said, I'm going with you. And then Moses says, but we're not going unless you go with us. It's like, God just told you he's going with you. What's happening here? Well, he told Moses he was going with him singular. And Moses goes, oh no, you need to come with us, plural. It's not just me, God, who needs you. It's us. It's our nation. Moses is saying, we're desperate for your presence, God. In other words, we would rather stay here in the desert with you than go to the promised land without you. We'd rather keep eating manna right here than go to the land flowing with milk and honey. So God, we want you. And sometimes... We want the healing more than the healer, the provision more than the provider. And it's not wrong to need the, provi- the provision and the, and the healing, but don't miss him. Moses is saying, God, you are the treasure. Everybody look at me real quick. This is an important story. Ready? So about a week ago, Kelly and I spoke at a marriage conference out east, and it was Friday and Saturday. And thank you for many of you who prayed for Kelly. Uh, God gave her the grace to do it, just like he gave her the grace to do deeper on Thursday night. And so thank you for the prayers with all the health stuff she has going on. But, but here we are. Okay, don't miss this story. So there's a couple there that's going to share their testimony. I didn't even want to talk after they shared this testimony. I literally got up because we had to talk right after them. I was like, well, we're just going to close in prayer and you all can go home. Because this couple talks about how they were married for all these years. Then one day... The wife leaves the husband for another woman 
and moves out and abandons her family. The husband's devastated. They have kids, completely devastated, and begins to just cling to God, everybody, because in his words, God was all he had. You are dependent on God. He is everything to you and me. And so he begins to cling to God because God is all he had, and he's crying out to God, and he's broken, and he's feeling the presence of God in his life in a way he's never felt it before as he walks through this desert, so to speak. Well, fast forward to the outcome of the story. Wow, God restores the marriage. Ten years later, they've been in ministry. They've been pastors. They've done missions overseas together. God did a great miracle. But there's two miracles in that story. The first one is the restored marriage and what God did. The second one is the presence of God in this man's life as he was walking in the desert. Because some of you guys are going, man, I really need the miracle. And God's going, I'm giving you a miracle. I'm with you. Supernatural God, my very presence with you. I know you think that the healing or the provision or the end of that season is the answer to your prayers, but just to let you know, while, hey, I am a healer and a provider and I do answer prayers in those ways, the greater answer to your prayers is I am with you in the desert. I'm right here. I've got you. I'm walking with you. And this man said that he misses the closeness he had with God during that time. There was just such a nearness. And he was pursuing God for God. And every breath was a gift that God would give him. Some of you guys are experiencing the supernatural right now. Man, God showed up and he, he broke that addiction and he's drawn that child back to himself or he's rescued that friend of that, out of that situation. And some of you guys, look at me, look at me, look at me. You're walking through the desert, but he is with you. That is as supernatural as it gets. Some of you guys are going, but Doug, I'm in the desert, but I don't feel close to God. I'm in the desert, but I don't feel the nearness to him. Well, then you know exactly what you need to be doing as you leave here today. Your prayer is, God, please show me your presence in the desert right now. Please show me that you're with me in the midst of this. Exodus 33, 16. He says, how Will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I'm pleased with you and know you by name. God says, I will go with you. And then Moses asks this. He says, now show me your glory. Show me your glory, God. God, I want to know you. If you're here today going, man, I've been pursuing God, but I haven't really been hungry. I've been pursuing God for things, but not really for him. What a powerful thing here. He just says, I want to know you. I want to know your glory. When is the last time you just said, God, I want you. I want to know you. I want to see you. I want to experience you. I need to sense you. I need to feel you. I need to walk with you. I need you to walk with me. God, it's you that I'm after. Exodus 33, 19, and the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. Everybody say goodness. Isn't it cool that that's the thing? I was talking with Pastor Ravone about this passage this week, and he says, I love that God says, I will allow my goodness to go before you, right? I mean, God is made of all these different characteristics and qualities, and here it is. How are you going to reveal yourself? I'm going to show you my goodness. What an awesome God that we have. 
right? And he says, I'll cause my goodness to pass in front of you and I'll proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I'll have mercy and I'll have compassion on whom I'll have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face for no one may see me and live. Now this seems kind of intense. What does that mean? Well, you have the sinful human man named Moses coming into contact with potentially the full glory of God and sin and the glory of God cannot coexist, right? And so God isn't being mean here. He just literally knows that at this point in human history when sin has not yet been removed like it has been now for you and me, amen. Okay, cool. A couple of you said amen. Good, good, good. Just want to pause there, make sure we're all on the same page. So it has been for you and me. Here's Moses going toward God saying, I want all of you, all your glory, God. And God just knows truth. This isn't like him being mean. This is just the truth Moses is right now. If you were to come into full contact with my glory, you would die. Just the holiness of God and the sinfulness of man could not coexist. Verse 21, then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock where my glory passes by. I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I've passed by. Then I'll remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. Our sin separated us from God. And so he couldn't come into full contact with the glory of God. It's just the way it works. It's just truth. It just is what it was. You know, I think about the fact that there are things in life that we all wish weren't true, but they are true. You know, like I think about the idea of something hard coming into contact with bone does not usually go well. Okay. When I was in second grade, I decided it would be a great idea to jump over a desk and my foot caught the desk and the desk fell on my foot and broke my toe. Now the teacher thought that I was a nice man, a nice young boy, but it didn't stop the desk from breaking my toe. Fast forward to a few years ago, I'm redoing our bathroom and I'm demoing the bathroom and I have a hammer in my hand. And many of you remember me hitting my own finger with the hammer because I'm an idiot. And you know, as nice a thing I was trying to do for my family, it didn't stop from hard object breaking bone, right? I I think of even the fact that a few years ago I was playing softball and then the ball came to me, a guy sliding in a second and I come down and I make the tag and cleat into finger breaks bone, right? It didn't matter if I was nice to the guy. It didn't matter that year we actually won nicest team in the league, which isn't really what you're going for, you know? Like, oh, did you guys win the championship? No, we got nicest uh, team in the league, uh, that's awesome. And, and so that didn't matter, right? Blunt force against bone breaks. And God wasn't trying to be mean. He was just stating truth. Holy God, sinful man, cannot coexist. But how amazing is it that Jesus, being in very nature God, came to remove that separation, that he came to humble himself and come as God with us and to give his life as we think about Palm Sunday today, his, his coming into Jerusalem and honoring him with these palms, laying them down, and in a few short days he'd be on a cross for our sin and, and rising from the dead, which we'll celebrate next week. And, and then you think about the fact that not only can we now access the presence of God, but the presence of God is in us everywhere we go. And so what a gracious God we have. And when we stand in heaven one day, we will be able to access the full glory of God because our sinful humanity dealt with by the grace and mercy and sacrifice of Jesus. But I love that Moses wanted to see God. 
He wanted the goodness of God. I'm telling you right now that the presence of God and God revealing himself to you and me is as supernatural as it gets. There's been times in my life I've been in the presence of God, and I don't know what you think of when you think of the presence of God. Sometimes you say, oh, I saw some weird stuff on YouTube, and they claim that was the presence of God, and all these crazy things were happening, and I don't really know if that's the presence of God, but I can tell you the presence of God is something that when you're in it, you know it. You feel it, and I felt the presence of God in my hospital room as he miraculously healed my body. Uh, I felt the presence of God this week as my wife was going through another seven-hour infusion, and she's going through hardship, and you walk, and you go, all right, God, you're with us, though. I I feel him keeping me up. I feel him, you know, as we're pursuing this building project, I just feel his grace. I feel his strength. I feel his boldness. Let's go. Let's do this. There's like a, a fire in my heart that is just simply the Lord. And when you're in the presence of God and it's just him, it's him near, it's him close, you don't want to leave that. You're going, God, show me your glory. God, this is right where I want to be. And in chapter 34, God does reveal his glory to Moses. And Moses asked for forgiveness for the sins of the people when they went kind of crazy and lost their minds and weren't seeing things clearly. And God makes a covenant, a promise with them that he's going to do incredible things. And then Moses comes down from the mountain. And again, this isn't really the point of the message, but this is going to hit some of us today. He comes down from the mountain and he's literally glowing. Because when you encounter the presence of God, you carry it with you. Some of us in here, you have a heart for your school. You have a heart for your family, a heart for your work environment. Man, how do I see change? Man, be near God. Pursue God for God. Know Jesus, and you're going to carry him in a way that people see and desire. So I've met some kind of famous pastors over the years at different conferences and stuff. All nice guys. But there's one guy that stood out to me. And they're all incredible preachers, and they're amazing visionaries and leaders, fill stadiums and all that good stuff, right? But this one guy stood apart, and his name is Louis Giglio. And as I got to just spend like 60 seconds talking to Louis Giglio, here is what I sensed. This guy knows Jesus. Like this guy has sought God for God and not just what God can do. This guy has seen supernatural things. He's seen God show up and provide in supernatural ways. And we're a church that believes that God does those things. That's what we talked about all last week. But here's a guy who turned the corner and said, God, I want to know you. I want to be close to you. And this is a guy who has prayed, show me your glory. So, I hope this series is a strong reminder to you that you are in a relationship with a supernatural God, a God who loves to meet needs. I think about my relationship with my family. I I love to meet my family's needs. I love to give gifts to my kids and wife. But what I want even more is that closeness with them, that nearness with them, right? And God is a great giver. He loves to answer prayer. He loves to give great gifts. But what he really is after is us and our heart. He wants that nearness with us and that closeness with us. There's nothing like that. As, as great as different gifts have been given to me throughout my lifetime, it's, it's people and nearness with them that is the game changer. And the same is true in our relationship with God. Now, everybody who's kind of in that 
younger people crowd. I'm kind of making fun of myself lately about this phrase. I said at the seven o'clock last week, I'm like, we've got a lot of young people here. And I'm like, oh, wow, I'm old. Like, like they're going to fire me for using such a phrase at the seven o'clock service. But I told you last week that God's put your generation on my heart in a big time way recently, that I need to really be challenging you. I need to be calling you higher in God. I need you to be raising the bar of your expectation of your personal relationship with God, that it's not about your parents' faith. It's not about my pastoral faith. It's about your faith and your personal relationship with God. And for me, when I got to know and experience the goodness of God for myself is when everything changed. And look, I've been praying for you guys this week that in, in his way, And his time, the glory of God, the goodness of God would show up in our lives. Because if you're here today and your parents dragged you to church and you're like, just get me out of here. Bald man, stop talking, right? Like if that's where you're at right now, I'm just telling you one moment of a glimpse of the goodness and glory of God will change everything for you. Of your own personal experience with him, that's what did it for me. And so my prayer for you is that you guys will get some hunger in your heart. Your generation is throwing all kinds of things for you to waste your hunger on. Don't be irrational. Don't worship a pair of earrings or a game console or a screen or a person or sex or what you think you can accomplish or success or money. Do not get lost in that. It will lead you to irrational and really painful places. Man, pursue God. Ask him to show you his glory. Ask him to show you he's with you. And maybe it will be a miracle or maybe it will be his presence as you walk in the desert. But he has so much for you. Today's Palm Sunday. Why was it necessary Jesus would come? Because of our sin, like Moses, unable to fully grasp the goodness and glory of God. But Jesus came, died, rose from the dead, that we would know the goodness and glory of God personally. Not just able to come into his presence, but filled with his very presence. This weekend, we have a lot of awesome things planned. It's going to be a great weekend of celebration, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, seeing what God will do, believing that he'll reach many people, Praying this week that many will come to know Jesus. But, but for us personally, can we just begin to say, Lord, I need to experience you in supernatural ways in my life. I have so many needs that are just too big for me. And some of us, though, it's time to turn the corner and go, God, just show me your glory. This past Wednesday night, I was walking around my house praying. And it had nothing to do with the fact that I was talking about this today. It's just what happened. My sermon wasn't on my mind. I was just walking around my house and, and I took my phone out and I was opening up my prayer list to pray and I got it open and as soon as it popped up on my phone and I saw it, I just went, nope. And I turned my phone off and I put it back in my pocket and I said, God, I know you love the list and I know you know everything on it, but I just need to be with you right now. Like me and you, not asking for things, just closeness with you, nearness with you. And so maybe that's some of our prayer this week. Maybe that's what, exactly what you need. You came in going, I just need to be near God. And some of you said, came in going, no, I need a miracle. Okay, bring that to him too. But don't miss the supernatural God 
and just settle for the supernatural miracle. His greatest desire is a relationship with you. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a minute to ask Jesus to be your Savior. That there would be no more separation between you and God. And maybe today you're going, yeah, but Moses was a good man. How can there have been a separation between him and God? Well, we're going to talk about that next week. What does that mean? What is it about, this whole good thing and performance and, and all that? So we'll get into some of that next week. But, man, just know that you are so dependent on God. And he loves you so much. And he wants to be your personal Savior. Be encouraged, everybody. You're in a relationship with a supernatural God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much, God, that you've given us the opportunity to come close to you, Lord. Thank you that you care. You care about us. You care about our hurts and our pains. You care about our addictions. You care about our marriages and our relationships and the the broken places in our lives. You care about the things that hurt us today, God. But thank you, God, that not only do you care to be the one that provides for us, you care to just simply be with us. You want to walk with us, God. You want us near you. And so everybody, don't tune my voice out. I've been talking for 32 minutes and 18 seconds. Don't tune me out now. Let's pray together. Ready? First thing, some of us, your prayer today is, oh God, today I am reminded how dependent I am am on you, how how desperate I am for you, how, how much I need you. And now it's time for you guys to go ahead and just lay down those things that you've been trying to take God's position on, trying to be him, trying to take his place. You have no business being there. None of us do. But we found ourselves falling into that place where we're trying to micromanage and make things work. And man, it's time for us to say, oh God, God, you be God. I'm dependent on you. Some of you, your prayer is, God, I'm just not hungry like I once was. Or maybe you're going, I don't even know what it means to be hungry for God, but God, whatever it is, I want it. A desire, an appetite, God, would you renew that in me? Some of us need to pray, God, I've been seeking the supernatural thing more than I've been seeking the supernatural God. God, like Moses, I just want to pray a simple prayer. Show me your glory. Thank you, God. We love you, God. Maybe some of you need today to say, I'm that irrational person. I'm that person who's been Man, I've been, I've been making crazy stuff. I've been worshiping earrings, so to speak. I've been, I've been not seeing clearly, and I forgot who my God is. I forgot that that stupid thing I've put all my faith in can't save me, and it's God alone. And so today I come back. Maybe you're a part of that young people generation, and it's time for you to say, God, I want my own experience. I want my own experience, my own walk with you, God. Show me your glory, God. Show me your goodness. Make it real to me. If you're not a follower of Jesus, maybe it's time to pray. Put your trust in him and say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the dead so that I can know you. So that a sinful person could come into the glory of God. Into the presence of God and be filled with the presence of God. Jesus, thank you for this amazing gift of salvation. Show me how close you are. Show me your glory in your name.